welcome back to the Gems of History podcast. I am your host, Jacob Shop, and back with us this week is Mark Steinbrenner. Hello, boys. I'm back. <laughs> and we just lost 10 subscribers. <laughs> we should if they don't know what that uh, what movie that's from, but uh, anyway, what's going on, everybody? And also, as you heard, we have Evan Roosh here. What's going on? I got to stop doing that. I, I want to say what's going on, everybody, because I always look at Mark. But hello, people that listen. <laughs> I got to stop copying Mark. Like, there's so many other ways to you gotta, open you gotta the conversation. You got to come up with like a signature tagline to say <laughs> yeah. when you open up every time. I'll shoot finger guns into the mic and that'll somehow transfer. Yeah. All right. Uh, everyone will feel it. Yeah. I'll yeah, just go yeah. pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> How were the weeks this week, boys? Uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, well, not really, but. <laughs> Nothing good comes from putting out bad vibes. That's true. Yeah, so. feel that. I actually had my first ever experience of yelling at a neighborhood kid. Really? Wow. Yeah, do we have time for the story? Oh, 100%. So on Wednesday, it was pretty nice out in Wisconsin, and so I went out for a run. Not a big deal, 2.2 miles, um, and then got back from that, started making dinner, then all of a sudden like, I hear a thud out of my window. It sounded like snow. Like, It's weird. Then I hear another one what's going on so i open up the curtains to my living room window and then there's 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 like this eight-year-old kid standing right up to my window like we make eye contact and like both jump back like holy shoot and the kid runs away a little bit and like you know so for the listeners i'm in a condo complex so like i can see exactly where this kid's going like he's like my neighbor and like five minutes pass, then all of a sudden, like I hear the same thudding again, like thud, thud. And I look out, and this kid's just hucking snowballs at my window. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, I've never interacted with literally anyone in my condo association at all, like other than my neighbor, just like saying, "Hey, what's up?" And it's not like this kid, like yeah. isn't my direct neighbor. So like I open my window, I'm like, "Hey, man," it's like, "Hey," I'm like, uh, "What's going on?" He's like, oh, nothing. I'm like, are you throwing snowballs at my window? It's like, yeah. I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, can can you stop? He's like, okay. Like, goes back to his house. And I think, like, that's the end of it. And so I go back to making dinner. And then five minutes later, I hear thud, thud. <laughs> like the same sound of him throwing snowballs. So I, like, kind of peek out this time, like, from the shades. And he's rearing up, just about to throw another snowball. So I open the window quickly like, when he's like halfway in motion. Open up, I'm like, "Hey, knock it off!" <laughs> and Was he terrified? Kid, oh yeah, like he's like, like I said, he's like halfway through his motion. Like he like drops the snowball and like runs off to his house. <laughs> I'm gonna and guess he, he didn't come back. Oh, he's never been back yeah. ever since. And he chased and him he, down and RKO'd him. Hell yeah, he knows damn right not to come back. snowballs as yeah. he's taking off. Well, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this eight-year-old kid? I can't just, like, I don't know. Like, do I shoe him like a pigeon? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so that was my own personal gems of history. You're supposed to, like, do what? elf and challenge him to a snowball fight properly. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Sounds like you had a pretty exciting week. It's been a roller coaster of emotions. Let's yeah, put it that way. That. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode here. We are thankful to have Mark back and healthy again. I'm happy to be back, that's for sure. And he is back and joining us for another round of trivia. 
Yeah, I'm excited about this. Can't wait to hear what uh, questions you guys had. My, mine is uh, pretty random. Mine's so. pretty okay. goofy. Okay. So. Mine is quite goofy. Uh, I like mine a lot, actually. Okay. Can I go first? Have at it. All right. <laughs> Just adamant that he doesn't? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you guys don't want me to, I won't. All right. What country denied Winnie the Pooh from being a playground mascot at a park and consequently banned the cartoon character for not wearing pants? A, Poland, B, France, C, Germany, or D, Canada? So I totally thought it was going to be China. China or Russia, I thought. Or wasn't in Korea, wasn't like a big thing, like they banned Winnie the Pooh because they thought that looked like Kim Jong-un? Probably. Yeah, it sounds like something that they would do. Yeah. Can you say the options again? Yeah. Uh, a is Poland, B is France, C is Germany, and D is Canada. All right, I could be way off, so I'm just going to go into it. I don't think it's Canada, because what beef do they got with Winnie the Pooh? I, maybe that's the right answer right away. Oh, sorry, you're not wearing pants there. Yeah. <laughs> I. Well, I, well sorry, cool we're. St- oh, sorry, you got to stop stealing our honey. <laughs> Poland, maybe. I don't know what's going on there. All right, I'm going to go with France. Okay. I'm going Poland. Okay. The correct answer is Poland. Woo! Ah, shoot. So, he was up for the running for the mascot of a a playground in a small town in Poland. And a council got together and said that he was too scandalously dressed because he didn't have pants on. And they went into all of these claims saying he's a hermaphrodite because he doesn't have any genitals showing. And this one lady had a, a quote saying like, oh, this guy's a 60-year-old man who wrote this character, and he cut off his balls. And I'm just like, what are you people talking about? What? So we know that, like, regular bears also don't wear clothes? I I don't know. I I feel like the shirt was a luxury there. So, I mean, (laughs) I I guess Poland took great offense to Winnie the Pooh not wearing pants and got banned. I guess Steve's throwing. That's very strange. But it was funny because I was on Twitter when I saw this, and it was showing two books that were banned in a library. And that's like I had a card that said the reason they were banned. And one of them was a book. I don't remember what it was called, but it was banned in the USSR and in the USA. And the reasons were in the USSR, it was banned because it was seen as anti-communist. And in the US, it was banned because it was seen as pro-communist. And then the other one was the Winnie the Pooh being banned in Poland. But wow. Both very weird things to be banned for. Oh, my gosh. Who knew? This is also weird, because that's ironic. Okay. Uh, mine also has to do with Disney. Okay. Well, so, I don't know what happened there. I know that all three of us are Disney fans, so that is what it is. But I was actually going to list four Disney movies, and okay. rather than multiple choice, I was going to see if you guys could put them in order of release. Ooh, all right. I like that. So, I like that I'm just going to keep it to four. So, think of them as they come out and, and place them in your order, one, yep. two, four. All right. First is Aladdin. Then is The Lion King. Then is Tarzan. And then is Mulan. So I'm not giving them in order. I'm telling you the four and you put them in order. Okay. Oh, man, that's tough. So it was Aladdin, The Lion King, Tarzan, and Mulan? Correct. Okay. I'm going to go... 
The Lion King. You're going from oldest to newest. Yeah. Okay. So The Lion King is oldest. Then uh, then Aladdin. Then Mulan. And then Tarzan. All right. Ev? I'm, I'll do The Lion King, Mulan, Aladdin, Tarzan. All right, so both of you, I understand your line of thinking, but actually both are incorrect. Wow. In order, and I'll just say years here. So Aladdin was released in 1992, but still holds true. Wow. such a good movie. Is that phenomenally, uh, the animation is just incredible. The Lion King, 1994. Mulan, which the animation is also really good. Yeah. 1998. And Tarzan, which... I would have, if you said when did Tarzan, I would have said like, oh, 2004, maybe. Like, it doesn't seem that old. 1999. Okay. I thought it was but Yeah. It seems, I don't know. When I think Phil I Collins, Tarzan. Yeah. I definitely thought Lion King was the oldest, but. I, I always love why. how it's like Phil Collins, Tarzan. Oh, like, come on. That's basically his movie. Name me a single voice actor in that movie. <laughs> Every time someone sends me, like, he didn't have to go that hard, but he, you know, he did that for us. He oh, did he did that for us. us. It's like, so, hey, yeah. I mean, it's just like a movie about. A guy in the jungle, like you can just kind of do a little whatever. He's like, no, two worlds, one family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so that's that. Phil Collins was trending on Twitter recently because I guess a uh, former member of the Beatles pranked him because when he was the drummer for, I think when he was drumming, they had him come fill in for like a, a recording for one of the Beatles things on the drums and they had him play like all day and like his he said his hands were like almost bleeding because he was playing so much and then they were just like all right see you later and pretty much just sent him on his way without saying anything and then like i think this was years later they the the guy sends him a demo tape and says hey i think this is you drumming and he listened to it and it was just absolutely garbage like the drum sounded terrible and so he calls him like two days later. He's like, hey, man, did you get that demo tape? And he's like, yeah, I sound like shit. He's like, no, no, we had someone come in and play like shit and make you think that was you. Because he wow, play a prank on you. I'm shocked he even like thought. He must have felt so bad about I know, himself. Because right? he was so hyped to be like, oh, the Beatles want to have me work yeah. with them. Wow. Like, wow. There's just no way. That's so sad. I know. <laughs> that is hilarious. Especially when you're that but talented. I, I was like, why is Phil Collins trending again? Oh. Like, I know you did the Tarzan soundtrack and it's fantastic, but. That's, a, that's like a pretty funny story. Yeah, that's a funny <laughs> story. All right. Trivia number three, then. So, it's going to be A, B, C, or D. President Zachary Taylor died from a blank overdose. A, opium. B, cherry, C, chocolate, or D, tobacco. This is one of those expect the unexpected. I think. See, I I feel like that's what he wants us to. No, think. no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't pick a question with an obvious answer. No, 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 not Evan. No, no, no. I, I just I don't know. Well, remember Did my last trivia question. Yeah, B was. Let me go through it again. So it's A, opium, B, cherry, C, chocolate, or D, tobacco. Okay, so here's how we're going to get through this. A is the (laughs) obvious answer, right? So everyone wants to go A. 
C is the answer you give when you're not sure. So it's not C either. It is B or D. That's what I'm thinking. I love the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Got to overthink everything. <laughs> unless, of course, unless, yeah, everything went in slow motion. <laughs> Here we go. And then all, and then, and unless, unless Evan knew I would think that. Thus, reverse it, it, yeah, yeah, no. I, My mind is an enigma. <laughs> I, uh, see, I was on a 4 0 streak, and then Mark got me on that one. I don't want to get too wrong in a row now. Uh oh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Ah, I, yeah, it's tough. I don't like this question. I'm not really sure about the ins and outs of these things. So I'm trying to think what could kill you. Going with my gut and saying D. D. Tobacco. tobacco? Wacky tobacco. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, tobacco over the course of time can kill you. This is given the impression it was like it just happened all of a sudden, though, right? It was an overdose. Keep that in mind. Well, <laughs> A would make sense, but gosh, I don't clock's, know. Clock's ticking. I don't know why this is the case, and I've never heard anyone else die of it before, but I'm going B, darn it. Cherries. President Zachary Taylor died from a cherry overdose. Oh! <laughs> I, I was going to pick that, but I was like, ah, my first gut feeling was tobacco, so. So yeah. the story behind that, it was a 4th of July celebration, and President Zachary Taylor ate a lot of cherries and apparently drank a lot of milk. And when you combine those two things in too much of a quantity, um, apparently it just destroys your stomach, and that is actually how he died. He wasn't in office, but that is how he died on Yikes. the 4th of July or July 5th from a cherry overdose. What a terrible way to go out. Yeah. I, I bet you there's a lot of abdominal pain involved. Oh, probably. Oh, I can't even imagine. Wow, that sounds horrible. But you can survive on milk and peppers. That's what David Bowie did for a while. Like indefinitely? Yeah, he did it for a while. Like just milk, peppers, and cocaine. So I guess probably take the last one out unless you're looking to party, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the party. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you guys think of the the whole moon oh, shot this fabulous, week? Fabulous, dude! That was a great drink. I tried to recreate an orange dreamsicle flavor, but I didn't really. I didn't look it up. I just mixed some stuff together. So it was orange juice, vanilla vodka, and peach schnapps. It was really good. I all all I can say is it was good. I, 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 don't, I liked it a lot. Yeah, not up to par as those lemon drops that Evan made a couple oh, weeks ago. Yeah, close, close uh, second. You know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. I'm a mixologist over here. <laughs> oh, and in case you uh, didn't hear before, I also run 2.2 miles occasionally. Whoa. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> All right. Well, this week it has come back around to Mark's topic. So let's see what he brought to blow our minds this week. I'm definitely excited about this one. I'll say that. So we've all been kind of citing our sources to begin. So big shout out to... I hate to do this, but BuzzFeed Unsolved, darn you. You are they so are entertaining. They got you again. If well, it's one of those things. You you research it through different articles. You know, you read through it a little bit. And you're like, you know, this is good This is good material. I wonder if BuzzFeed has yeah. something on it. And then you watch it. You're like, whoa. <laughs> I used to watch those all the time, so I probably know something about what you're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's, and that's fine if you do. I think that will... Because um, I'm going to get into kind of the weeds. I'm going to start talking dates and names. So I think there will still be something to be gleaned from it. But if you know something previous, that's okay. One jump ahead of the red line. One swing ahead of the sword. I steal only what I can afford. That's everything. 
just been down here singing to- uh, Aladdin songs. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's really funny. Just that one song where he's running through the market. Yeah. It's so good. Gosh, that is so good. Uh, la, 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 la. All right. You remember where you were, kind of? Let me uh, think about it for a sec. If you can't tell, listeners, we took a little break to fix a couple things, but we're back. We're back on track. All good. All good. Ready to smack uh, you with my bladder's far too small for some reason. So, (laughs) but anyhow, yeah, we were just talking about how good BuzzFeed Unsolved is, or okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Getting back into it specifically, this is a pretty popular topic. I know that might become a trend for me on this podcast. I like things that people kind of already have some idea about. But then Evan and Jacob can kind of give me their feedback. I really appreciate their insight on topics that maybe are already well known, but I haven't heard their perspective on it before, and it's entertaining for me. So, well, we are experts. That, so. Well, that's a given. That's a Wait, given. I mean, what was that thing that you shared on Twitter? It was like I can't teach you anything, but I can make you think about stuff or something like that. I think that's exactly yes, it. yeah. From, that's uh, that's our new slogan because we can't teach you anything, but we can make you think. Yes. That's literally all that we do. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, it's either they think more about the topic or they think, wow, they know absolutely nothing yep, about anything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I already had people that were like pointing stuff out that I missed in the DLF Pass episode, like the day of that uh, the release. Oh, really? Oh, well. well yeah, there is. It's actually good, probably. Well, yeah. yeah. And I meant to actually mention it in the episode, but I just forgot to put it in my notes because I had so much other stuff that I had in there. But. Uh, a reason for like the people not wearing clothes. There's a phenomenon called paradoxical undressing, which basically it occurs, and I want to say like 20 to 25 percent of hypothermia victims, where their body starts to think that they're really hot because they're going through hypothermia, and their body doesn't know how to handle it, so it makes them feel really hot. So they start undressing, and that's why people are found without clothes on in mm-hmm. hypothermia cases a decent amount of the time. Maybe, okay, it's just a weird thing to say, I don't know. Is it possible, that, not that this was ancient history, but it was long enough ago that they wouldn't know that that's the case? Whereas, like, today, you just told me that, right? Yeah. So, for some reason, I was ever in this situation where I'm having hyperthermia, and I'm like, wow, I'm so hot. I wouldn't take my clothes off knowing that it was not actually the right. case. Well, Is it possible they didn't know that, and they really did just take their clothes off? Because... Even today. Like, well, if true. I didn't just tell you yeah, that, that's neither true. of you would have known. That's it. Never I mean, only then logical thinking right. in the moment if i was feeling really high i'd be like well it's freezing out here there's no way that's accurate yeah unless i just came to that conclusion so yeah it's just a weird phenomenon but yeah. I, if you don't know about it you're not gonna like look it up because you're not gonna be like oh i wonder what happens if you die of hypothermia like yeah it's no just, it's totally fair it's just a weird phenomenon how dare you not know the ins and outs of hypothermia I'm glad you sir. told me i said I two in, important things today. i said i'm not a scientist or a doctor. So and we're are... also not historians. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? Three guys in a basement. <laughs> Three... That should have been the name of the podcast. <laughs> Three guys in a basement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I learned two important things just now. I learned about the hypothermia getting hot thing and Evan with milk and cherries. <laughs> Will these things save my life? I hope not, but we're maybe. Just, we are just cornucopias of knowledge. Yeah. Bet Ooh. you didn't think you'd hear that word today. No. Cornucopia, it literally just appears at Thanksgiving time. Yep. It's like, oh, hey, Mom, that's a really cool fake cornucopia. Just makes me think so of the Hunger you, Games. Yeah, Because I know in the, the Hunger Games, the cornucopia is like where the stuff is at the beginning that they all want. 
It just makes me think of the Adult Swim interlude thing between cartoons. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. It's it like a heavy metal song. It's just like, stuffing, put it in the cornucopia. <laughs> Wizard hat, put it in the cornucopia. Cornucopia, put it in the cornucopia. <laughs> Is this like the stuff that's on at like 2 a.m.? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's honestly like what wakes you up when you're yeah. watching Cartoon Network. It's that just late. so loud. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Are we going to get to your topic track. yet or what? Jeez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we're going to be discussing today is the Roswell incident. Yeah. So I, I would imagine you guys have some, maybe, maybe not. It sounds like Jacob just kind of admitted. I don't like aliens, so I don't know oh, anything about it. Okay. Okay. So Jacob's uh, completely in the dark. <laughs> That's not true. I've, have well, you ever heard of the Roswell incident? For little old me, I actually don't know. No, that's good. That's good. This. That's good. I, I now we have a little bit. We have one guy who has heard of it before, and Ev hasn't, and that's perfect for the listeners. We so have the haves good. and have nots. Yeah, yeah. And e- either way, I mean, maybe I'll give some details. Uh, Jacob's not fresh on, so we'll, we'll see. But unless you guys have comments on what you know of it ahead of time, I'm going to go into the beginning of the details. Just go for it. Yeah. All right, here we go. In 1947. There was an unusually large amount of UFO sightings. In the last six months of 47 alone, there were 300 claims of UFOs. But this goes back to the point that I made in episode three, four, no, four, when you've talked about the Tsar Bomba, where I said that UFO sightings went up once we discovered nuclear power. Yeah. And how to yeah, split the yeah, atom. Yeah. So this coincides it, with a, that theory. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, there's true. There's a lot of weird uh, connections between some of our topics already. But among these sightings in 47 was the infamous Roswell incident, where something crashed into the fields of Boster Ranch, located just northwest of Roswell, New Mexico. The crash occurred sometime before June 14th. On July 4th, a local rancher named Mac Brazel visited the crash site to pick up some of the debris and take some of it to the local sheriff, George Wilcox, on July 7th. Some of these names will be reoccurring, so remember them as you can, but... So this is like a small town that happened in? Yes, right. I'm just picturing the sheriff, like, feet up on the desk. It's literally, like, an old-time, like, jail where there's yeah. literally just one cell. And... Mad because they're finally asking him to do something. Yeah. Well, because this like... is basically in the middle of a desert. So it's just, like, this small desert town that is now known for this incident. Yeah, right. So <laughs> it's, it's like, a place you can actually visit now. And, I mean, we can get in some of the posts uh, or why it's still relevant later, but. Okay, Wilcox, a sheriff, then contacts Colonel Butch Blanchard, what a name, at the nearby military base, the Roswell Army Airfield. This Roswell base was home to the elite 509th Bombardment Group, which deployed atomic bombs at the end of World War II. Colonel Blanchard contacts his superior, General Roger W. Ramey, and orders Major Jesse Marshall, who was the 509th Intelligence Officer, to assess the crash site and recover the materials. Okay, just initially, what are your guys' thoughts or expectations, knowing I just told you that the 509th is a little bit prestigious, you know, has some history dropping atomic bombs in World War II, and then the fact that this is like a decently high-ranking intelligence officer, would you expect a certain level of competence or credibility if someone's going to go look at something like this? Oh, I yeah. assume. I'm already starting to connect the dots. Okay, hey. Or, like, not connect the dots, I guess. I'm drawing lines from one dot to another, and we're about, like, halfway to the other dot. Okay. But the thing with this is that they're sending out, like, high-ranking guys, so they took this seriously. Right, right. I mean, this is... 
I guess I can only speak to how intelligence procedures are done today, so it's hard to necessarily relate to the times. Uh, but a major intelligence officer, you know, just the rank of major, correlating it today, this wasn't a schmuck. Let me put it that way. So there, there for someone that doesn't know like the ranks of the military, thank you. And then he's, I had no idea. Well, and, like, then, and then and then and then being an intelligence officer for a rel- relatively prestigious um, bombardment group. I can't imagine if he was a schmo that he would have been left there if they're relatively important. Right. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the military. There's a lot of people, so you're gonna have some guys who aren't that bright. But I just in this case, I'm gonna assume. All right, thank you. Safe to assume he's relatively competent. Yeah. Especially because you said there were 300 different UFO sightings in the last six months of that year. Yeah, just in the so last like, six months alone. It's so like they brought out the big guns. I assume for this one and specific like specifically. Okay. So, Major Marshall, who is that intelligence officer I mentioned, briefs Colonel Blanchard on the details of his crash site visit. On the morning of July 8th, Colonel Blanchard orders Public Information Officer Lieutenant Walter Hott to issue a press release stating that they believe they have a flying saucer in their possession. For now. Okay. Oh, <laughs> man. Soon. I'm not going ch- to say any more than that. Sure, but. sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's about to be like, what? No. No, no I'm not going to ruin it. I'll let Mark go. He's giving you that. a sprinkler of a tease. <laughs> we haven't said that one in a while. Yeah. yeah. Soon after, the Roswell Daily Records front page, which is like their local newspaper, I think, or whatever, ran the headline, Roswell Army Airfield Captures Flying Saucer on Ranch in Roswell Region. They revealed no details of the flying disc, however. So just the headline or whatever, and then mentioning that this is what happened. That same day, the Air Force strangely changes their story. General Ramey orders the crash site remains to be taken to him in Fort Worth, Texas, for his own personal inspection. Again, General Ramey being the superior of Blanchard. So they're now, now he, all the way in Texas, wants to look at this stuff for himself. He and his staff, including a base weather officer identify the material as pieces of a weather balloon and issue a subsequent press release with the correction. So this whole thing was just a, it was a weather balloon? Are we? Well, we, we got to find out. We got to hear started, a little so. more. And, there, and there's a lot to there, this. There is. There's, there's, I'm excited because there's a lot. Just to give our opinion. Though. Yeah. Just the weather I'm balloon. I'm just trying to paint the... The picture for you. I'm also bit. thinking of like a hot air balloon, like just one of those things with like the gas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of those fell. About it. A photo is taken in Ramey's office of intelligence officer Marcel, who I mentioned previously, with the crash site materials he misidentified. So, having just said that, yeah, I, the photo is. I just sent uh, Jacob and Evan. The photo is. A message. Interesting. And they share these uh, ones on our social medias at Gems of History yeah. on both Twitter you, and Instagram. You can you can find these online. If you if you Google Marcel or uh what, what we're in, I think it was Major. Major Marcel and Crash Light Materials. If you Google that, you'll see the materials of him in Ramey's office. Uh, I texted them to you guys. Reception's not down here. Maybe just questionable enough. I don't know if you guys got them or not. But eventually they will. And then they can look them over. Until then, I'm going to continue. The next day, on July 9th, the Roswell Daily Record ran another article with the headline, Harassed Rancher Who Located Saucer, Sorry He Told About It. 
In the article, Brazel reveals that the supposed alien wreckage was merely rubber strips, tinfoil, a rather tough paper, and sticks. This, along with Ramey's weather balloon explanation being corroborated by the case's key witness, the world promptly forgets about the Roswell incident for a while. For a while. How big are weather balloons, just in general? Because I'm looking at these pictures that you sent. Like, this literally just looks like a kite. (laughs) No, the amount of materials they brought. So I guess let's think about that two ways, just to comment on that before we go forward. Maybe... They didn't bring all the materials to Texas. That's one possibility. They didn't bring all of it. Or a lot of other stuff, Ab, that you're going to hear about as we go. But Hot darn. Yeah. Keep in mind what I said about what the rancher then said he saw there, you know, yeah. rubber uh, and sticks and whatever. So, and, and the person in the picture that you can see there is that intelligence officer, Marcel, posing with it. And we're going to talk about that, too. Well, and when they went to recover these materials, they had to take big trucks to get all of the material yeah. so it just i don't know it and i've been asking about the size we're going to talk about that because uh hmm. maybe maybe if they were weather balloons what what were they doing we're gonna get them all that <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna get all that but uh oh goody okay in 1978 Stan- stanton friedman a nuclear physicist That's and great. leading ufo researcher i just watched a documentary that was like about hosted by him yeah oh nice on amazon prime i don't remember what it was called but it's based around his research so oh that's pretty awesome he uh interviewed then retired jesse marcel the 509th intelligence officer who inspected the crash site so we're gonna hear what he had to say post uh military service so this is what 30 years about uh, seventy-eight. So like twenty-eight or uh, no, you're exactly like 30, you're exactly right. Years yeah, or something. something like that. Yeah. So, Marcel fully reignited the Roswell controversy by revealing that he still believed the wreckage was definitely not a weather balloon. Again, he was in the room with that picture. If you assume he has any level of competence, that's really what you're arguing here. Is he a moron or not? Because I mean, a weather balloon or spaceship, which we already kind of mentioned, he was a pretty well-known guy yeah, and in and that he, division. So. And I'm going to mention some of his credentials. So, again, whether or not you think he uh, is smart or not. When discussing the metal from the crash site, Major Marcel said, it felt like you had nothing in your hands. It wasn't any thicker than the foil out of a package of cigarettes. But the thing about it that got me is that you couldn't even bend it. You couldn't dent it. Even a sledgehammer would bounce off of it. I knew that I had never seen anything like that before. It was not anything from this earth. That I'm quite sure of. Being an intelligence officer, I was rather familiar with just about all materials used in aircraft and air travel. This was nothing like that. It could not have been. See, this is a reoccurring theme in ufology research. It's a thing called metamaterials is what they've given it the name of. And so what he said is what he had just mentioned. And he said they would try and crumple it kind of like a ball of tinfoil. And he said whenever you would crumple it. Memory metal. Yeah, it would would return back to its form before you had crumpled it. Mm -hmm. So it returned to a flat piece of whatever it is. That's incredible because considering if it was aliens, it'd probably be an element or material that we've never seen before. Yeah. I assume. It may look like metal. It may feel like metal a little bit, but wouldn't have the same 
chemical properties of like silver, tin, etc., like what we would use to build something. So that's actually incredible that he said like you couldn't take a was it sledgehammer you said right a sledgehammer would bounce off of it he said. So think of I love that so th- much. Think of Independence Day before they take the shields off of the spacecraft and he shoots at it and the bullet just bounces off. It's basically that. I've never seen that movie, but but I'll take it. Oh, for I wonder. Home. So I've you seen, know what's funny when I've I said, "Hey, boys, Scooby. I'm back." That's from Independence yeah. Day, which is nuts that Jacob also referenced it. Really? Well, I've seen Scooby Doo, uh, the Aliens movie, which the name of it's it also pretty valid. So very good movie. Very much escapes me, but <laughs> Scooby Doo and the Alien Invaders. Ah, thank you. Jacob knows it's Scooby Doo, as, <laughs> as everyone should. I just but. didn't know the name. I know the movies. There's also like the Cyber one, Cyber and then Chase, the uh, yeah. Witch one, which is Ghost. Yes. Wow, Jacob and I are just ready to click on every single one. <laughs> He's right. getting one word out of well, each I, Whenever I stayed home, I know Zombie from- Island. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. That is a great movie. That also, terrified me as a child. My favorite one is the witch one because whew, I remember the I, witches. We were, <laughs> as far as animated women go. Uh, yeah, like twelve. <laughs> and then we got the killer like, song. What's that killer song? The, uh, I put a spell on you. Yeah, that one. And they had another one. They had another. That's no, from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> no, it's they, still good though. Still good. They had a song that was like, "I put a spell on you." You're right. You're yeah, right. And, you're right. And then there was one that was like about saving the earth. I think it was called like Could, Earth, Wind, Fire, and Air. We made so it, 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 like Earth. Wind, fire, Fires. and air. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We may yes. look bad, but we don't care. Wow, <laughs> I watched that right. like a few months ago, so wow. that's the only reason I that remember. Is, but outstanding. Great, great. This is great content, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone in their car or wherever they're listening to is probably like, oh my god, I also remember the uh, zombie Scooby-Doo movie and yes. alien Scooby-Doo movie. So good. Everyone should. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. After Marcel, Friedman interviewed more witnesses, both civilian and military, and in the end concluded that there had been a massive cover-up of the Roswell incident in 1947. This cover-up allegedly includes details of the crash site, the materials, the possible spacecraft, and even alien bodies found at the scene. There are essentially two main theories, so we'll start with the first one. In the first theory, the events at Roswell occurred as reported, and the alien wreckage was merely a weather balloon, as stated by the Air Force. When you look at the physical evidence available, this appears to be what happened. Though in 1994, the U.S. Air Force released a report admitting that there was indeed a cover-up. However, it wasn't a cover-up of extraterrestrials but rather a cover-up of a top-secret military operation called Project Mogul, which involved using high-end weather balloons to detect sound waves produced by massive explosions thousands of miles away, as this was during a time of increased fears surrounding nuclear war. So it was like our way to detect, to detect like a nuclear bomb type deal? Yeah, yeah, basically. Because it was, this was worried about of, the Soviets. Yeah, you know, this was Cold War Going into time. Cold yeah. going. So this was this happened pretty much immediately post-World War II, but then immediately turned yeah. into Cold War. So yes, right. They knew our enemy had changed from basically Japan and Germany to the Soviets. So you're telling me it's for sure not aliens? 
No, or are we gonna I didn't tell you anything. I, I, I'm, he's bringing, just, I'm bringing the facts. Yeah, I, he's spitting facts yeah, at your face. I, I'm, uh, I'm letting you guys determine. Uh, I feel like it's think. two on one right now, and I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's attacking. I know, no, just... no, no, no. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. It's like I, people, like two people. That know I mean, about we it. can. <laughs> we can just start please, grilling you. Please, please don't. I'm Aww. too. I'm too fragile. Stop throwing <laughs> snowballs at my windows. I'm already being terrorized by Dennis the freaking menace. I don't need it from you two. Yeah. The top secret weather balloons of Project Mogul were launched to detect any nuclear test carry out, carried out by the Soviets. These Project Mogul weather balloons were tested out in various parts of the United States to include over New Mexico, where Roswell obviously is located in New Mexico, but also carried out during the summer of 1947, so the same year this crash happened. These balloons typically measured over 650 feet long and had a tail on which various listening equipment and sensory equipment was attached. So, Evan, you asked about details of the balloon. Mm -hmm. Now you have some. Pretty big balloon. Pretty big. Supposedly. Supposedly. (laughs) Balloon. Wink. So, they gave you... Assuming the details of these balloons are accurate, which is most likely to be accurate since that stuff was obviously recorded. We had a lot of balloons. Uh, there were a lot of balloons made for this project. So the statistic of what they should look like, that should be accurate. And in February of 1994, the General Accounting Office of the United States Congress initiated an audit at the request of New Mexico Congressman Steve Schiff, a UFO skeptic, and he wanted them to locate all government records relating to the Roswell incident and determine if these records were handled properly. The report was published by the U.S. Air Force in 1995 titled The Roswell Report, Fact versus Fiction in the New Mexico Desert. The findings of the audit supported the theory that the debris from 1947 was from a balloon used in Project Mogul and found no evidence that aliens or alien spacecraft were involved. The report concludes that Marcel and Blanchard's original flying saucer press, press release was in part an overreaction and also in part due to the fact that the flying saucer was a new term that didn't yet have a clear meaning. So they're saying that flying saucer in 1947 was not a buzzword or term, basically, that it is today. So if someone says flying saucer today, you're basically, oh, they're talking about like a UFO or something like that. They're claiming in 47 it wasn't like that, really, and them saying flying saucer shouldn't have been used in a UFO kind of way. In our Spear of Destiny episode, didn't you say that Hitler was very interested in that kind of design for a ship as well? Yes. Sorry to sidetrack again. No. So but he was point. interested in yeah. just that typical design. Well, his was called the Bell. It wasn't the bell, called the Flying yeah. Saucer. Yeah. But it was. it had a saucer shape towards the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. But basically it was, think of just a basic cylinder and then it flared at the bottom and had like a skirt on the bottom mm-hmm. that flared out and that's what it looked like i mean that's essentially what i picture with like the ufo and like that flying saucer like that's the design so the reason why i brought it up is because that's kind of interesting that even in germany like hitler thought of that design like maybe he was visited by aliens who knows 
but now thing, we're getting very tinfoil. Here's the here thing, though. Like, with even though there are so many sightings, no one had a label for this stuff yet. It was all still so new, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't any UFO or anything like that to label these as. So the fact that it was called a flying saucer wouldn't have been or would have been surprising if that had been coined here. And even so, UFO has a little bit of a bad meaning. You know, it's just an unidentified foreign object. You keep in mind, if the military, if we got a jet in the sky and it sees something it doesn't know what it is, that's a UFO. Right. So really? it doesn't mean it's an alien object. Exactly. It means we can't okay. identify what this foreign object is. If it's <laughs> Russian, which we don't know because we don't know what the object is, that is still foreign. Foreign does not necessarily also mean extraterrestrial, yeah. Per se. Now that's what the buzzword is, and I would be careful because it so strongly te- typically means alien involvement mm-hmm. to use it in a non-alien way. So I would be careful using it. But I'm just saying, fundamentally, I think UFO is misunderstood as what it really but is. But that's kind of where it goes back to what I brought up in our, my trivia question for you in Austin in the Spirit Destiny, where I said that they want to try and phase out UFO to change it to UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, because it's not tied to anything. Because UFO is so closely tied to this theory Aliens, now. Aliens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You mean. yeah. It's so closely tied to that sort of thinking. And that's what, I mean, you call people who research aliens ufologists at this point. So how how vague is that of a term anymore if it's so closely tied to a certain group? That's also why when there's big, I don't know if you heard when, I mean, I'm sure you know, when Trump is in office, President Trump is in office, he released a bunch of UFO information. Oh, yeah. That's not that crazy because, well, one, either already believe in a lot of the UFO alien stuff, which a lot of people do, including famous people. But, uh, I mean, a UFO is just any time that we've had visual contact with something and couldn't really identify exactly. or explain what it was. So classified UFO information in the case, and I'm only going to speak to stuff that's been released, is could really be a multitude of things. And then you got to worry about like R and D, which we're going to yeah, get into. Exactly. So anyway, this could all be human man-made things that yeah. we just have no idea is an available technology to other people. That yet. is kind of crazy because as we're talking about this, I think it was yesterday, like literally yesterday, uh, Baker Mayfield tweeted that he saw a UFO. Yep. Did you guys that see that? Too. Yeah, I did see that too. I didn't, but yeah, it's long story short. He said that he saw him and his wife saw a UFO, like in Ohio or wherever they are. It's very possible. It- like, maybe yeah they probably did because they couldn't identify that flying object <laughs> do you guys <laughs> foreign object right going off topic again did you guys see the spacex videos of the the launch and landing at all Mm-mm. not maybe not the specific ones you're talking about but i watch a lot of the spacex videos in general so they did a test launch and landing yesterday and they did the whole flip and land like autumn or uh autonomously okay and it actually worked it was the videos are Freaking crazy to what, watch. Would they in that company but, have a comp? Oh, oh, yeah. You got something to add. Well, it exploded after oh! it landed. Because they said that there is, they believe it was a methane leak at the landing site. That so it could have been prevented. Some, something sh- didn't shut off properly or didn't turn on properly. So it wasn't a design flaw per se. It might have well, been. Oh, okay. No one really knows yet. But uh, watching the videos of this thing maneuvering in the air, it looks like a sci-fi movie. It's crazy. 
They have some of the brightest minds in that company, though. I'm guarantee. Well, I should say I guarantee. I, it's unlikely that this would happen again. I would imagine once well, they have the it was a test flight, so this is what they were trying to figure out is like how to sure, avoid sure. These but things. they, I mean, I'm sure they thought they hope or they hoped they had the calculations. Well, they right said initially. it was only a sixty percent chance of it actually landing. So the fact that it landed was still pretty good. Yeah, that's. I just one. think, and I know. Uh, Amazon, uh, what's the guys who own Jeff, Jeff Bezos? Bezos? Yeah, Jeff Jinx. Bezos has his own space flight company in, or he's starting something up. With yeah, that's the most like rich thing. No, but time. it's good. But, the yeah. thing is, it's actually if, if the rich people aren't gonna give their money to like the poor and help that way, if they can give some of their money towards advancing society as a whole for some better cause, because I don't have any money for that. Right. So, I mean, at least they're using personal. Now, if they can sell these products for something, they're going to also do that. So I'm not saying that there isn't capitalism at work here, but I'm just saying space exploration that maybe the government can't fundamentally do all for us. I'm glad someone's doing right. it because I do think there's valuable. I haven't told you guys this, but I've been on a huge space kick lately. Like I'll just have watch. you been watching the Rover stuff. From yes. Mars? The Rover's. I, I it's lo- so well, interesting. I love it. Also, in my time in intelligence, I had a lot of space element stuff that I was right. looking into. But I am so fascinated with the Scientology of wait, not the religion. Wait, what? Oh, I was about to say, come misspoke again. <laughs> there. The science of the universe and space and the most brilliant minds. If you look up the research, they don't. They can't fathom a lot about the universe. That is so. Nuts. I know it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. When you think about like the end of the uh, now I'm getting way off topic here. <laughs> I'm here for when, it. When you think about the end of the observable universe, and you just ask, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. Obviously, I personally am, but it doesn't actually matter. What is after? Yeah. Or what's at the end? Mm-hmm. And when you can't have the most brilliant minds, now they have theories, and they're brilliant theories. I love listening to two of them because. A lot of this stuff has nothing to do with religion or not. If you want to, really, religion comes into play when you want to argue. If you think it's worth arguing, when did things start? That's usually when people start having debates. Mm-hmm. But as far as regardless of when it started, what happened since? There's really not a lot of religion to that. And it's so crazy to hear the most brilliant people who ever lived not know definitely I know. was at the end of something is it nothing this is just, well, and what is nothing define nothing you know like yeah. it is so interesting to me that's very true i like, watch 40 minute videos that don't really say anything like define nothing like yeah. our minds cannot grasp nothingness like when i think of nothing i just think of like a dark room but, but like, that's still a darkness room darkness is something you know and most of the time when they define nothing the most brilliant minds it comes down to certain versions of energy that are a certain way but here's the issue with that what is that energy where does it come from this and why is, like is the dark energy matter just, and all yeah that that's stuff. what they yeah. talk about dark matter and all stuff that can't be defined other than that it exists that's where they get to they're basically like it's a concept of an energy that we can't disertain particularly what it is but that we know it exists yeah but, but the problem is they can define everything how it happened and why it exists up to an end point, and that's what's so absurd. No one yeah. can tell you. And this is where we d- we think black holes exist. Yeah, we're like pretty sure, but we don't know for sure if even those exist. So, well, yeah, and, and this this well, is also, they're pretty wait, sure that black holes exist. Yeah, yeah, but there, it's not a certainty because we can't see them. Like, there's no way that we could observe one. Wasn't there an image? Like, wasn't there imagery found? Was it last year, two years ago, of like an actual black hole? 
Well, like they know it. Ex- they know the black hole exists, but they don't. I think what JF's Marshall talking about is like what. What is it? What is it? Oh, yeah. it's I not. See it's mean. not that there aren't black holes. It's more like the mathematics are like what. What it makes it up? Like what are the properties it exist, of it? Basically. Yeah. yeah. What are the properties? Yeah. So I do listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast. I probably shouldn't plug it, but he talked about black holes and how there's an actual scientific theory of kind of like a what we call like a nega universe. It's like an opposite, like a polar universe where energy flows in our universe a certain way. It flows differently in the other universe. And there's starting to be like more and more scientific like theories and traction in it, and it's so interesting, just what makes life life, what makes everything. <laughs> Glad everything. It's so incredible. Yeah, that it's is so and, cool. And, but what you just said, Evan, opens up a Holy whole hell conversation I can go into. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that yeah. that maybe. What was even got... your topic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm loving this because I'm so big on space. I yes. I could talk about that. This just forever. made me think of Scott Pilgrim because yeah, Neg- I, love, Neg- I watched Scott. that movie yeah, like two weeks ago. It's so good. Nega Scott, yeah. Um, that's a great movie. But another thing with this is like we're trying to explore space, but we still don't even know what's in ninety five percent of the ocean. That's yeah. We, okay. we have so much unexplored and unexplained things that we can't explain. Totally just, true. But right now, I'm telling you, and you guys can give me your opinion. The ocean is ten times scarier. Yes, than space. a million. I would times. never go down there, Thank dude. You. Oh See, I've man. asked people this before, and I've gotten a, a bigger response saying space is scarier than the oceans. But I think the oceans are scarier. Because the oceans are so much scarier. Yeah. The pressure, if you go down, like even in the most industrial, like most, the best submarine, let's say, it's going to break eventually just because of pressure. Exactly. In space, there is no pressure. Sure, you might hit a star, but like the chances of that are just one in a number that we can't even fathom because there's so many stars. There's so much literal space. Well, the odds is pretty good. But I mean, like if you travel far enough you're gonna hit something probably. Uh, all right we should probably i can't again. but the problem is now i have so much i want to say we can talk about this off mic but we gotta get back to all your right, topic all right all right we gotta stay on the rails a little wow. bit i was about to talk about the speed of light and stuff <laughs> and travel We're chain- now we are the gems of space <laughs> and matter <laughs> we should do a podcast on this sometime uh, i'd be down but, so i mean cool. we can just record ourselves talking about it sometime maybe if we start a patreon someday we can just release it as bonus content but yeah, that's true. And, and, you- and Jim, if it's got if this got too long, you can obviously cut this and we can use it for something else too. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. In 1990s, it feels so weird. I know. <laughs> it feels so weird to go back into something else. So funny. I, don't I even feel know like even our audience off. is like, wait, wait, wait. was it this week that the Roswell incident? Where the hell were they? <laughs> How are you even going to title this episode? Like, are you going to put Roswell incident? The Roswell yeah, incident I, and I have more. To. Yeah. yeah. I guess aliens in space is loosely connected, but in 1997, the Air Force released another report titled the Roswell Report, Case Closed, in which they offered the possible explanation for claims to alien bodies found at the crash site. In the mid-1950s, the military was testing the effects of parachute jumping on humans by dropping human-like dummies over New Mexico. Again, New Mexico, so obviously Roswell is located there. The dummies had latex or plastic skin and could be possibly mistaken for alien bodies by witnesses at the Roswell crash. Even though these drops happened in 1950s, and I told you the crash was in 47, the military explains that these details over long periods of time tend to become compressed and witnesses slash reporters May start ha- may have started to blur stories together, hence why the timeline seems skewed. 
What time did this new report come out? Because we're talking about... 97. So we're talking about 40-some years. Literally. It's literally exactly uh, 50. 50, yeah, exactly 50 years. years. Sorry. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of... I don't see what the point they're making. Like, oh, like, it, it was 50 years later, so people are just getting it mixed up. Like, it was only 50 years. Like, people are still alive from the First World War. Like, what are we talking about? And you think about the fact that Mark mentioned a newspaper in the area had yeah. written a report saying that there was a flying saucer UFO or whatever they said found in this guy's field. So they have physical proof that there is a story written about it. So yeah. I just always picture like the men in black, like movies. Have you seen those? Just Will Smith is coming. And... I don't want to say a lot about that. Uh, but, uh... I want to cover the real life men in black sometime. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, I've seen that come up. In so much of my research for topics I haven't done on this podcast. I don't know if you guys have really dug into that at all, but some of that stuff is so fascinating. It's crazy. We got to be careful. I could go into, we could talk about so much stuff uh, right now. Try try and keep it on. All right. However, the bodies tested with by the military were six feet in length, while witnesses for the alien bodies in the Roswell report claimed they were, quote, little. And measuring up to about four feet. Little. Hmm. Yellow. Different. Different. <laughs> new, new print. Yeah. Wow. So many good references. Wayne's World, go watch it if you haven't. All right, here we go. Mark and I went to Quick Trip after we left your house last time when we recorded. Yep. And the girl behind the register was like talking into her headset when I went up to the counter. And she's like, oh, I'm talking about you right now. And she's like, you just remind me of uh, Garth from Wayne's World. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I guess I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Almost asked her out just on that little yeah, like you did like a little curtsy and said, well, "Thank then you, she ma'am." She mentioned another good movie. I don't know. She, she, anyway, she had good taste in movies. We yeah. found that out. In she like was two just seconds. mad because none of her coworkers had seen uh, Wayne's World because they were all younger than her. And I was like, "I've seen it. Mar- Mark's seen it." Yeah. So I'd be so pissed if my coworkers haven't seen that. I know. Anyway, she uh, she was a catch for somebody. We are just off the rails this week. <laughs> I don't know. All right. One extremely interesting part of the 1997 Air Force report, however, is that upon requesting files from the Roswell Air Force Base from the year of the Roswell incident in 1947, it was discovered that all records from that time, January 1947 through October 1947, had been destroyed. Additionally, the person or organization that had destroyed these files and the authority under which they had done so were not indicated. All right, what the hell? <laughs> I'm so pissed. Just watching Mark read that the whole time, he's just got this huge grin on his face. <laughs> like, like, this is all... It's so bo- nuts, dude. Yeah. It's nuts. They were just like Houdini. Like, people just forget about what happened and, like, just make the files disappear. Yeah. But this is that's the thing with all of these cases where people really have all these outstanding theories that don't line up with the official stories. It's because stuff like this, where even the JFK assassination, there's still so many people that don't believe the official story because, oh, well, we lost the president's brain. And it's like people lose all this stuff from these cases where there's so much that could be learned from the things that get lost. And it leaves yeah. all of these questions that could have been answered had we had that evidence unanswered because, oh, we lost it or it was misplaced. 
how does that happen? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like, yeah, how do you misplace a brain, let alone the, yeah, brain, the brain of the uh, leader of the free world? It's just, I don't know. This is we where all the it. conspiracy th- stuff pops up. And, and that's where Jerry probably would like to get into like the men in black suits and stuff. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. It it's just all there's so many unsolved like murder cases and stuff even where it's like oh, we have the remains of this person and we're going to bring him back up from back in the day to do new DNA testing because it wasn't available back then. Oh, sorry, we were transferring it from this medical hospital to a, a different facility and oh, they just got lost. Bye. It's always in transfer like who is stealing them? Yeah, or who's just tossing them in the dumpster and forgetting about it? It's Toby McGuire, Spider Man, Pizza Time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> what? Okay, we need to get back on and just finish this. <laughs> we were talking about bones. We were talking about JFK's brain, and Mark's like Pizza Time. <laughs> uh, I love doing this podcast so. Damn much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Theory number two. Here we go. If you didn't have the tinfoil hats on yet, now is probably the time. The government engaged, again, according to theory number two, in a cover-up to hide the knowledge of alien life. Most of this theory is based off of claims and interviews with those who say they had eyewitnessed the events. The amount of witnesses, it is said, to be more than 600 people, including civilian to high-level military. Some suspicious details include the contradiction between the official record and eyewitness testimony from people like intelligence officer Jesse Marcel, Mac Brazel, who first visited the crash site, also reportedly told Frank Joyce, a KGFL radio personality, that the crash site was likely a UFO, and more importantly, that there were alien bodies on the scene. According to Judd Roberts, a minority owner of KGFL, this admission would be recorded later, but KGFL did not air the interview due to phone calls from the FCC and U.S. Senator Dennis Chavez urging them not to couple things with that though is he claims it was a ufo remember that doesn't mean alien and also when he says alien bodies that doesn't necessarily mean extraterrestrial either that could be alien to the u.s right so Hmm. these neither of those things specifically point to out of this world true but it still remains weird right furthermore you could also conclude the fcc and the senator would not want this aired because they know it's nothing. We talked about this actually in a pre in uh, Jacob's last episode, but sometimes they want to keep things hush, not because there's a secret, but because there is no reason to f- uh, flame the fire. What is it? Yeah, flame the fire. Put fuel on the fire. Yeah, I can't talk. This brings it back to too that the HG Wells where they read War of the Worlds on the radio. This yeah. could be another scenario like that. Yeah. So sometimes it's just not worth it. To put things out there that don't have any credibility, so mm-hmm. you can, but you can argue they also wanted it to be hushed because there's something to hide. So I mean, it's whatever you want to believe. I'm just saying, it doesn't definitively point to uh, that you should be suspicious. I guess is what I'm saying. Like the military in their early press releases about the crash site, Brazil, Brazil. Sorry, we know some Brazils, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> Brazil 
would also recant any statements made about UFOs at this time. According to respected researchers, shortly after Brazel's new statements, neighbors said Brazel purchased a brand new pickup truck and left his job as a rancher to start a business in Alagomordo, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Testimonies from locals and Brazel's family stated that Brazel was detained by the military around this time, suggesting he could have been forced to recant his previous statements about UFOs. The military also reportedly threatened locals to keep quiet, as well as ransacked their homes for remaining crash site materials. This is further corroborated by foster daughter of Colonel Hunter G. Penn, an armor armor, an army air force officer. A suit of armor. Su- <laughs> we can't It's just full <laughs> just, It's just full metal thing right there. brotherhood. A right floating here. piece of armor. <laughs> and she was a piece of armor. <laughs> This somebody, is my dad. He adopted somebody, me. So he was <laughs> buying this whole thing. Anyone. He's like, all right, I'm out. This, <laughs> this, doesn't, make, this doesn't add up anymore. <laughs> all right. You guys asked for us to have more inner conversation between these episodes. So this is what you get. Woo, that is funny. Did they really? Oh, man, that is so funny. But let's go back one line. Oh, man. This is further corroborated by foster daughter of Colonel Hunter G. Penn an Army Air Force officer who supposedly admitted to his foster daughter that he was tasked with enforcing an information blackout with a focus on the little bodies. He was authorized to use physical force and weaponry as necessary to get this accomplished. Perhaps the key contradiction is the photo taken in General Ramey's office of the supposed crash site materials. This references, again, I sent you guys this photo. You may want to give it another look as I speak this next part. A sealed statement apparently written by Roswell Army Airfield's public information officer, Lieutenant Walter Hott, who I mentioned earlier. His, his sealed statement was only to be opened after his death. Claimed the photo taken in Ramey's office was a hoax, writing... That the only that the actual crash site materials were substituted with weather balloon materials, and the photograph with Marcel was not legitimate, a fact that upset Marcel. So Marcel, in addition to Hot, was uh, upset about the fact that this photo was staged, more or less. That's what Hot is allegedly alleging in a letter that he wrote not to be opened until after his death. So whether that was because he knew he wasn't allowed to speak of what he was talking about and he had to do it after he was dead, so there was really no repercussions or whatever. Believe what you will. Or maybe he never wrote that letter and it's fake. You know, so all those things uh, you can wonder about. A man named Ben Games was a personal pilot to then Major General Lawrence C. Craigie. Both of these names I have not mentioned yet, so if you don't recognize them, it's not because you missed something. Craigie was the chief of the engineering division at Wright Field, the Air Force base commonly thought to be where the UFO and aliens were transported and housed. According to Games' testimony, that's the pilot again, 
He flew Major General Craigie to Roswell to examine the crash wreckage, and after a few hours, flew General Craigie directly to D.C. to meet with President Truman. A few months later, Craigie assumed the position of Air Force Chief Director of R&D, and perhaps, influenced by what he saw at Roswell, founded Project Sign, the first official investigation of UFOs by the U.S. Air Force. No way, really? All proof. That, that's just fact. That's, that has nothing to do with conspiracy. Now, whether or not he visited Roswell and saw Truman, I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that's this pilot. But you can look up what positions someone has held and what they've done. So if you want to go look up some of that stuff, you're welcome to. But so I, some of it you have to take someone's word for, and other positions you can just look up. Right. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's that, isn't so that? Cool. It's so cool. That is so cool. I don't even care, regardless if you think that's true. Just, just thinking yeah. about that is cool. Um. Okay. Supposed witnesses are consistent that the alien bodies discovered are between three and a half and four feet in length, and have large heads, large eyes. Only holes for a nose and small slit for the mouth. Of everything I've said so far, that's the most like cliche, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. This is the common gray. Yeah. Aliens. This is where you're like, now, again, there's a lot of witnesses here. So I'm not saying just a few said that. It aligns. They, they t- basically took what was most common for people to say. And then that's kind of what's developed as factual for the conspiracy part of it. Mm-hmm. It's not like they picked one guy who's like, oh, they have big heads. And they're like, roll with that (laughs) but but then again if if i was going to be part of a group who saw something but didn't actually i'm gonna go with the big head big eyes group usually because that's like the common and this this goes into eyewitness reports not being all of all that reliable in pretty big story scenarios i will say buzzfield buzzfeed unsolved had made a good point where they're like if there was a trial about a murder and 600 people said that they had some sort of proof that this murder happened. The murderer is not got a great shot as far as getting off free. Mm-hmm. So the theory, if you want to say these are equal scenarios and they aren't, is that you would believe it happened if 600 people said it happened. If that makes sense. Yeah, now that is not that's true. It is not the same thing. It's because there's no consequences. If I say someone killed somebody and it's not true, I could be sued for defamation or whatever. So there's or some, you could put someone in prison who on, didn't deserve exactly. it. So there are stakes, real stakes. There's not a lot of stakes to some interviewer who I don't even know who where he's from or what he does. And maybe we're like, yeah, I saw some aliens. Like there's, I don't know. I mean, so I think, it's not the same. But it was supposed to give you some perspective of why mm-hmm. maybe there's some credence. Yeah, there. and. The whole thing with eyewitness reports not being as reliable as people would like them to be at the Columbine massacre that happened at Columbine High School. uh, When people were getting interviewed as they came out of the school, because this was the first time the media was like there for that. And people were all giving different reports saying, oh, there's two people inside shooting or there's four people or they're on different floors or they're taking students hostage like everyone had different stories so even though these people were in there it was such a high stress situation and they didn't know all the facts because they hadn't seen it for themselves 
or they heard it from a different area that they could say, oh, I think there's four people instead of two, or they're on different floors, or there's different people wearing different clothing, or they change clothing. It, anything could be said because people are in such an emotional state that they're just going to ramble off whatever is in their head. So Yeah. So best odds, what was the most frequently reoccurring thing that is in common that people said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that was the goal. And this isn't it. saying you should discount everything no. that people say because it, it, it's going to go into it with skepticism. Yes, that, it, yeah. and th- I think that's a big thing, especially now because a lot of conspiracies tend to gain traction during high stress scenarios or high stress times in history. So which this was, it, yeah, and right now too with everything that happened in 2020 going into this year. There's a lot of people that are susceptible to believing more outlandish ideas because they want to latch onto something that gives them comfort. So, I mean, I agree that on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So just take everything you hear with a grain of salt, unless it's something that you can prove for yourself. I mean, uh, not, to an extent, there's lots of I can't prove for myself well, that, uh, you know, you got to have opinions. I just mean like like black holes. I mean, I'll, I'm just not that. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I don't have the capability. I to mean, dangerous yeah. ideology. It's no, like the QAnon totally thing. True. That's no, yeah. that's gotten so much support in the past year because everyone's under so much tension and stress. Wait, what did you say? QAnon. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. things like that. Just take a step back when you hear something that may be a little too good to be true but anything in life it's you got to be a little skeptic it's good to go in it with skepticism because you can always eventually agree with something right. better to be skeptical ale- you know I, yeah, flush things I guess that's out what I was bit. trying yeah. to say is be more skeptical then, than open at some point and then you can always jump on when you feel like you've had enough information true that said i got a lot of information here for you people <laughs> all right Numerous military officials have claimed to hear secondhand information of the bodies or even seen the aliens for themselves. These include Lieutenant Walter Hott, who I mentioned previously, retired Brigadier General Arthur E. Exxon, and Tech Sergeant Herschel Grice. Sergeant William E. Ennis, C. Ennis, sorry, blew it, at the time... (laughs) A flight engineer of the 393rd Bomb Squadron stationed in one of the primary receiving hangars for the debris, the hangar being called P-3. For years, he denied the crash, writing it off as a weather balloon, like the reports that we mentioned previously. However, in 2008, so not terribly long ago, Sergeant Ennis changed his tune and admitted, quote, It was a spaceship. After all these years, I still don't know how that ship flew. There was no engine. Before I go, I'd like to know. The craft was also confirmed in numerous other testimonies to include Lieutenant Walter Hawk, who seems to come up a lot in yeah. this story, <laughs> who described in his affidavit a ship Colonel Blanchard had shown to him that was roughly 12 to 15 feet long and windowless. Finally, even if you go with the government's story of it being a weather balloon, that doesn't really line up with other reports of rubber strips, tinfoil, and tough paper and sticks, as stated by Brazel in the days after the story broke. The military, despite all his reports that I've mentioned already, has never said Brazel's description was inaccurate, and the items can be seen in the photos in Ramey's office. 
Marcel pointed out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. So there were photos of everything in this guy's office? Is that what you The photos said? I sent you. Were in his office? That's in Ramey's office. So, again, okay. you go, Marcel was the intelligence officer yeah, yeah. for that bombardment group. Yep. Blanchard was above Marcel, but also at that same base. Ramey is a superior to Blanchard in Texas who had those items or materials brought to him in Texas. Mm-hmm. And then forced a photo with Marcel. Basically, it kind of comes across as like, you moron. You blew this one. Get in that photo. You know, so they basically wanted to, for PR reasons, have Marcel who blew it in the photo with the materials to show this is human crap. You, this is not in whatever. But they're saying that was never the case, that it was staged. And Marcel was obviously pissed because his credibility, I can get all into what credibility in the intelligence field is like. But long story short, I mean, if somebody thinks that you mistook a balloon for an alien spaceship, which again, UFO, we can get into how that doesn't correlate. But basically, he looks like a moron. Yeah. Is what is what they're kind of Not a good look for him. No. Especially in the intelligence part. Yeah. So, tough break. Marcel pointed out he was well-versed in all materials used in aircraft and air travel, like I said before. He was also a graduate from the Army's Air Force Training Command in radar technology. How could he mistake the commonplace items for, for parts of a spaceship? So basically, that's what it comes down to. Is it a fluke this guy got through his training and is in his position and a major? So he's not like an ensign. He's not like a, you know, the old butter bar, as we call him. It's not like he's a freshy officer who just happened to get through training and whatever. Again, this is in 47, so I'm mm-hmm. speaking to how training is conducted today. Yeah. I don't know with the same parameters for intelligence field in 47. And this is post-World War II. So maybe the best of the best aren't even in the military anymore. A lot of people who probably served got out. You know, the war's over. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know any of these details. So maybe Marcel sucked. I don't know. <laughs> He's a regular John White. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come like with a drop for like John White. Like, yeah. when we... John White. <laughs> Marcel has been quoted saying, all I could do is keep my mouth shut. And General Ramey was the one who told the newsmen what it was and to forget about it. It was nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, we both knew differently. And that's all I'm going to bring as far as what's reported and the facts or lack thereof for the story. Um, I gave you a lot of perspectives and the reports both officially on record and just those who gave first-hand accounts and interviews but with that said i kind of want to hear you guys own perspectives on what you think happened what you think is relevant what's missing and uh if you're big believers in the conspiracy or if you think it's just a big misunderstanding so before we get into what you think evan i want to there is one more theory that i have heard recently i don't know how recently it became a theory but uh there's a theory now that this was some sort of Soviet Russian, I don't know if it was a military craft that had been flying over and crashed, and the test pilots or test 
instead of putting like animals inside like they did with spacecraft, they had used orphan children who were mentally slow and had larger heads. And that's a new theory that people are starting to say instead of it being alien bodies that they found, it's these Russian children who were just had a different figure than most people would have. So that's another theory that people have brought up recently. I don't really think that's are what it is. Any, yeah. yeah, and I don't any, like files. Or, I have like, no. I, to support not, that. I personally don't have any sure. of the information to back that up. I'm sure there's stuff. No, but out glad there. you put it out there. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look into it, you can. Yeah. But that's just another thing that I've heard people talk about, and it's come up in more than one spot. So it's it's got some sort of credence to it. But. And I have more I could add. I kind of wanted to save some in case you guys had questions, and I can be like, you know, right, I got some back pocket information, yeah. uh, but. I'm not going to go into it until I hear if you guys got some thoughts or questions. or. So, again, going back to the metal aspect of it, were there any, like, additional – is there any, like, information about, like, additional tests that were conducted on this metal or not because they thought it was a weather balloon? There was. Okay. Actual scientists, at least supposedly, had access to this metal because they were part of a government group. I mean, I'm sure they were contracted out, but – Part of a con- uh, military group of scientists who were in charge of basically uh, re-engineering foreign military equipment. You know, that's pretty common. Is that or, like R&D? a reverse R and D? Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. all it that's is. It's yes, too, reverse yeah. engineering what someone else created. According to the reports that are documented, the metal that they had received to do this on assuming it, it's assumed it's the same metal from the crash site that they determined it was not of this earth and they could not reconstruct it themselves that's what the report says so that is also unverified the report is with the same material from the crash site but as the research i did it, it links those so it's because of the time frames and the scientists actually studied the the metal in 1950, from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe there was a backlog. I don't know. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like they received it right away. Probably because, if any of this is true, I'm sure the government was so baffled with what they saw that maybe it took some time to comprehend what they were going to do. But long story short, there's a report that, according to the scientists on this special project, they could not reverse engineer the material because they couldn't identify as anything from Earth. So you asked about if any further tests have been done. Well, there's your further tests. <laughs> oh man like now that you said like scientists couldn't reverse engineer it and like scientists said hey this isn't from earth that has me very like tinfoil hat on here right because the like, elemental pyramid be... and stuff like we we knew what elements were largely from earth i'm not saying there i don't know when yeah. it was finalized i don't know the date that the ele- uh, elemental period uh periodic table that's what i mean yeah was yeah. completed i don't actually know the date of that i should probably but Regardless, they at least were confident that it wasn't from Earth when they looked at it. And to get real nuts about it, I, I think I said that was in 1950, and I'm pretty confident in that answer. It could be off by a date or, or a year or two. But before that, and I don't know if these scientists, their laboratory or department was when it was created. It's possible this was part of the, the departments that were being created after I told you that one colonel – Flew to see Truman and then got his own gig. That's probably the most wacko part of it for me. Yeah. 
is the timelines of that. Yeah. Now, again, you're taking some credence or confidence. You got to have a certain level of confidence in the pilot saying that those flights happened, which if they're true, that military member is not going to tell you that he did take those flights. So now you're really just taking credibility of the pilot. But you can look up the departments that he was in and what he did while he was in service as far as starting departments up. So it's possible he sought Truman. Truman have him, had him start the R&D and special project for UFOs. And in that were the scientists working on this metal mm-hmm. that then in turn said that the metal was not from Earth. That could all be connected. Could be. But you're taking a lot of leaps there. I love this stuff so much. Like That's, that's so interesting. So do you have an, uh, a, like an idea of what you think at this point? or I mean, obviously this is all hearsay and like speculation, but considering in fact that like scientists themselves could not re reverse engineer this material like that's the biggest thing for me like whether they found the bodies like that's all hearsay like you guys said that could be those latex dolls that i believe you mentioned jay no, or that, that was, mark mentioned that then you mentioned yeah. the uh russian children which i really hope it wasn't just russian that's children so horrible. i really hope it was even if it is true i don't want it to be so yeah that is so bad but anyway like just going back to the actual material of it and the fact that there wasn't an engine to it i don't know like that stuff interests me more so i do feel like it could be aliens in my opinion or just at least something maybe it's something like the russians sent over that maybe we don't have like a mineral or something that we that's exclusive to the russian mountains i don't know but i do think it's could be a wacky you know yeah i don't really think that it could be a air balloon or, or a weather balloon Considering the fact that so many people have said, like, it's a different material. Like, that's the biggest selling point for me. Like, the fact that it was made of something that we don't know. Because, like, we can always identify what tin is, what steel is, etc. So. Yeah, I, I don't really buy the weather balloon answer. I, it kind of just feels like they rushed an answer out. And that was what they came up with. Because there was relative tests going on at the time that they could point to so i don't know if i really buy that i just the fact that they had to bring so much cavalry just to get this material out of the crash site that's one of the biggest things for me is because they said they had to get like huge trucks to haul all this shit out of there so i don't know it just even if it is a giant weather balloon i feel like you could fit it on one larger truck if it's just the tinfoil material that they show in the picture you could just crumple it and throw it in there right like how big is a balloon regardless of how big it is blown up like with air or whatever how big is a balloon when it has no air yeah like it's nothingness well not nothingness i assume it's still big but it's not nearly enough for like that many trucks yeah and another reason i believe more of these metamaterial situations like the material that doesn't bend or flex or whatever is there have been reports of people who have said they've gotten abducted by aliens and this goes into a whole other realm of things but there have been a phenomenon called alien implants where people will get x-rays or scans after they have these supposed abductions and they'll find a little piece of metal like behind their ear or like above their nose or something Mm -hmm. that they have no idea how it got there and some of these people have gotten these extracted and they've gotten sent off for test results to see what kind of material is this. And there have been some where they've they've said, we have no idea what this is. Like, we can't identify this, or 
this is some sort of material that we can identify, but the way it's made, it had to have been heated at the temperature close to what the sun's temperature is. So it's things that we couldn't feasibly do here normally. So those are things that kind of, to me, support the idea that maybe this was some sort of extraterrestrial craft that had crashed. Mm. But this case in particular... I, I don't know. There's just too many variables coming out from different outlets. Meaning okay. what? What, is, what? What does that mean for you? I don't know. I don't know what to say about it anymore. Because I've, I've researched this before, so I just don't really have a concrete answer at this point. Isn't that, in and of itself, an answer? Yeah. I, it, it is yeah. so poorly proven. Now, I can talk about this because I have no idea. It is so poorly proven from the government side of things, yeah. seemingly. Oh, and how bad does it look? Oh, there was a cover-up. It was just nothing interesting. Yeah. <laughs> or at least according <laughs> to them. But the thing with that, though, is why would you cover it up if it's just a weather balloon? Just say it's a weather balloon. Plus, you a weather balloon, initially said it was a weather pictures. balloon. Yeah. So what's the cover-up? The only thing the cover-up announcement in the 90s revealed was that it was part of a project weather balloon for a special project. Mm-hmm. But the, but what it was didn't change. All they did was associate the weather balloon to a specific reasoning. Yeah. That's all they did. Well, and if it, if the files that you said were lost from that time yeah. period, if they were important, they probably would have said they're lost but still have them somewhere or something, or they would have destroyed them. But if it is just a weather balloon... Why would you destroy the files? What's the point? You could just keep them. It's not like if anyone finds well, them secretly that they're going to be useful. My only theory there is it was would be that they weren't at all recently destroyed. I, you know, it's tricky to get into all this. But then why even bring the case back up in the '90s if it's just you? Because of with- the congressman requesting. Yeah, I guess. Okay, but but I mean, here's here's all I'm saying is there's been. A lot of people who believe in the extraterrestrial have visited Earth multiple times. Whether you want to be one of the people who says, oh, they helped us build the pyramids or a lot of the alien UFO sightings um, are real and all these things. Regardless of what you believe in all that, a lot of people believe in aliens. And this seems to be one of the most credible UFO related sightings or experiences in U.S. history that... Even if you want to be a not the non-believer in that it happened, and I'm not really even saying that I am or am, uh, but according obviously in this case, I'm kind of being pro it, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of showing that it, trying to demonstrate that it could have happened. There's no great answer to dispute it. Mm-hmm. Now, one question you might have: Okay, if it really happened and there was so much debris and it was alien, let's go do a bunch of dig sites of the region and see what's been found there so i should say this two major dig site dig site uh yeah like dig sites I've, yeah so dig sites right. as you can say mm-hmm. those have happened mm-hmm. and nothing was turned up because like why would it be i mean if it was a government cover-up like there's no way they're leaving anything behind i guess but what's also weird is the dig sites proved according to the reports that a crash happened okay so double win i wonder if like it yeah like with crashes obviously there's like if a if a weather balloon crashes, I can't imagine that taking out a lot of land, right? I don't know. Yeah, I have no. I mean, idea. I guess I have no. I 
spoiler listeners, like I don't know the ins and outs of weather balloon crashes. But <laughs> if it was, you know, say a UFO, like an actual spaceship, I would imagine that would leave a more substantial impact on the area that it landed. I'm also not an expert on the materials of those weather balloons. I described <laughs> I love how that, I love how we both like had to pre preface that. Yeah. Like by the that way, said, for people that didn't know, right. we are not weather weather balloon experts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. That said, uh I did send you and Jacob another picture of balloons for that era somewhat. I want you to look at the picture and you tell me where in the picture do you see the materials that were previously described by the rancher or in the photo oh, of the... Ramy's office? What the heck? Yep, That's... you tell me where in these photos you are seeing the same materials. So now you got a I mean, like a three-way issue here. The materials in the office now don't look like spaceship materials really, and they don't look like weather balloon materials. So now we're yeah. really weird. Now all they look like is the materials that the rancher maybe said that he saw there, but that could have been his recanting to make it sound worse. And it makes that Marcel guy look so bad. Right. And you can find all these images on our social media pages at Gems of History on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. See, this is where I the theory comes into my head that it's just a something from another country some sort of test material from somewhere else not from the u.s because the government still would want to cover that up right exactly yeah. even if it's something we don't know that another country had sent over to us we got let it get in our airspace it crashed even though it crashed it's still in our airspace and stuff i don't i don't know yeah it's weird here's the one thing i will say also because i i didn't mean for it to come across this way but i am i am for some reason taking the pro this is odd side of things. Lieutenant Haught, the in public information officer, based on the research that I saw, is the only public information officer that I've seen associated with this case, which, ge which gives the impression that he was overseeing all steps of this process, regardless of if it was in New Mexico or following all the way to Ramey, in texas he is he's seems to be a linking public information officer in all this meaning he would have been briefed theoretically on what was really happening unless he was kept in the dark too and he's just oblivious and wanted to make a name for himself possible possible or he was the only information officer briefed on it and he really did know what was happening hence why he is so centric to a lot of the information i put out there I don't know. It's just mm -hmm. weird. It's just weird in that regard. And then there's another thing that for me is weird is I don't know why Brazel would make up this story if he was just trying to get attention because stories like this don't get you anywhere good in life. They usually end up with you being looked at as a kook or something like that. And then I, you could say, okay, he just didn't know what it was, and he said it was some sort of extraterrestrial craft, which is very possible. But I just don't know why he would go to the length to say that even after the Air Force had come and said, oh, this is what it is, or this is what it, we think it is, why he would stick with the story that it's some sort of extraterrestrial material if they had told him right away that, oh, this is just a weather balloon for some sort of testing that we're doing. 
if they sold him that right away, why would he stick with the story until he had to change it? Yeah, and, and, and with that too, I mean, you've probably heard the saying before, a man without his word, or like that you can't take at his word, is worth nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's, re- that, that, I don't know, that's pretty harsh. I mean, yeah. and, and true. If I can't, if I know ahead of time because of your past that I can't trust what you say, you don't really have much to offer anybody anymore. And, you know, this could be his first time uh, doing this, but I know that just sucks. So, mm-hmm. so overall for me, I just don't know. You just I don't, don't know. know. You just don't know. But that alone makes I, it interesting. I lean towards it being some sort of experimental development from another country. With a poor cover-up. Or extraterrestrial. I don't I don't believe the weather balloon story at all yeah. at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> That's me personally, so I'd, I don't know. We cannot teach you anything. <laughs> we can only make you think. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. The Gems of History podcast. Yeah. But there's plenty of source materials out there oh, if yeah. you want to go research this yep. yourself. So if you want to go on a deep dive and get your own opinions, there's plenty of things to read or watch. So feel free to do that on your own time because we're just going to give you a little rundown <laughs> today because otherwise this episode is going to end up being three and a half hours long and yeah. you're going to all lose your hair at the end just want people to itch their brain a little bit with this one <laughs> exactly so. yeah definitely no i i'm glad we're getting all these stories because these are these are fun i love these. it was a blast i i think the reason i was so drawn to this one is there was as opposed to a lot of alien stories there were things that were reported in particular i love the one about the um military member going to see the site going to the president and then starting up these weird departments Stuff like that makes you go, what? That happened? Like, in what other world, like, what other reason would there be for him to start that department other the than what timelines are weird. Yeah. yeah. And if stuff like that wasn't part of it, you know, if I if I came to you guys and just said, oh, some people saw these bodies that were, like, big heads and stuff, kind of a lame thing. You know, you immediately kind of go, are skeptical. So I, I was so fascinated with this one largely because enough stuff was there to go that's weird <laughs> you know and like that's, that's oh yeah, yeah sure. so, and that's anyway. why it's such a persevering story in this culture sure. is sure. because of how much is there about it and stuff like that so yeah. but yeah that was that was a really fun one yeah. I, I had a lot of fun yeah, that was i also time. mean don't know how the listeners feel but i love our sidetracks I do oh, too. we had some we good just, ones. Yeah. Like, hey, you guys want to talk about uh, dark matter and uh, <laughs> opposite universes? Nothing, nothing good's gonna come from guys who start off a podcast by saying we don't know anything, and you're on dark matter, like the highest <laughs> levels of intellect. Yeah, and, we're oh, talking about man. the intricacies of just life in general. And yeah. Again, oh, not a degree among us <laughs> in the field. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, Stanton Friedman, the guy that you had mentioned towards the beginning, that documentary that's on Amazon Prime, I'm sure you can find it if you just look it up on Google, search Stan Freeman UFO documentary or something. But it's actually a pretty cool documentary because he talks about how he had been approached by members of like the higher-ups in government, basically saying that the FBI, and the, or I think it was mostly the CIA, had taken a lot of liberties underneath the governmental oversight saying like we have information that we don't think is safe to give out to even like the president and so they're hiding things purposely saying we don't have any information on it and then the president finds out that hey maybe they have this information and somehow 
they're hiding it from us. So then they approach Stanton Friedman saying like, you've been doing a lot of research in this sort of field. Is this something that's possible basically? And so that's where he was like, it kind of, I broke down when they came and approached me because this is such a huge thing that I was not prepared to deal with. Cause I'm just, an, I, I think he's a nuclear physicist is what you mentioned. So he's just a normal guy trying to do a normal job. And he just had an interest in something that was more fringe than other people. And then all of this stuff started happening that he was not prepared for sure. and it ruined his life basically. Ugh, so man, it, when you hear him talk about it and he actually starts to get choked up when you watch it, maybe he's a good actor, but I don't believe that he would make something like that up if it didn't personally affect him. That sure. Much. So yeah. this is all it comes down to. What do you believe? Right. Day. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but anyways, so next week will be another group topic and I think we've narrowed it down to a couple of things that we're going to talk about, but you'll have to wait and see what that is until then. So Evan had mentioned our social medias earlier. So go follow us there if you want to follow us for more good and funny content, posting some memes, posting some updates on our stories and all that good stuff. Uh, if you want to email us at gemsofhistorypodcast at gmail.com, send us any of your personal Gems of History stories, any suggestions, any comments, things you think we could improve on, anything like that. Send them our way. We're all ears. And on that point, I actually did get one story sent to us. So if you guys wouldn't mind if I read that real quick. Do you mind if I do? No, please do. I was waiting. I was completely in anticipation. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm not going to say the name. We'll just say that this was sent in by Jay. I don't want to say the name because I didn't ask if it was okay that we said it on the show. So this is what Jay says. So this takes place probably around fifth grade or so for me, if I had to guess. We lived in a trailer park a few miles up the road from where I currently live, and it's a park I've been familiar with my whole life. The layout of the trailer is set up a bit odd, and I can remember exactly how it was set up because this place has been in so many of my dreams over the years, I'd swear I'd built the thing myself. Walk in and immediately turn to the left for a shoe slash coat closet. To the right, you see the kitchen on the left with countertops separating it from an elevated living room on your right. Kind of a wonky setup, but hey, it worked. Out of the kitchen into the hallway, very end of the hallway, the master bedroom with a full bathroom right before it on the left, with a perpetually chained door directly across from it. And not much sunlight getting in, made for a very dark night. Midway down the hall, on the left, the laundry room, which ended in a T, splitting the two bedrooms with a large closet in between. My room was on the left, and given that I am an only child, the other room basically remained empty, occasionally acting as a guest room as needed. Now, I'm not a fan of the dark. Never have been, never will be, so the dark is usually something I'm trying to avoid. TV on all night, covering myself in blankets to keep the dark at bay, those kind of things. As a kid, you think it works, and as an adult, they stick with you. So anyway, the two rooms shared a closet out the hallway, and one of those barely half bathrooms in the rooms themselves. We're talking a toilet, a small sink, and a small cupboard space underneath the sink. Nothing fancy, nothing much to think of. One night, my mom and I are in my bedroom watching TV, and our Bassett Beagle, Hampton, is in there with us. Only, he really isn't there. It's late at night, and he's over by the entrance to the bathroom, just staring into the dark like he sees something. He's entranced, not moving, not sitting down as if just waiting. I can see it plain as day. My bed is up against the right wall, the TV in front of me to the left, against the wall in the center of the room. 
and to the left behind me is that open door, not an ounce of light coming through it, and Hampton just staring. I didn't see anything except Hampton, just like my mom. Creeped her out, which creeped me out. Still creeps me out. Dogs can sense things we can't. I don't know what he saw, what he sensed, but it had him enraptured. Move forward. I don't know how many days, weeks, months. Mid-afternoon, either on a weekend or a day during summer. Either way, I'm not in school and Happy Days is on Nickelodeon. So my guess is a weekend. No guests, no one visiting, just me and my parents at home. I get up to use the bathroom and sit down. TV is playing in the background. I'm doing my duty, and the door handle to the other room starts wiggling back and forth as if something is turning it. Mind you, this door is always locked. My fear of the dark will not allow the dark from that other room to seep in, even if I know it's just locked. Even if I know just locking the door won't do anything. So I'm sitting there. It starts rocking back and forth, and I jump off the toilet, shocked and scared out of my wits. That other room is empty. There is a bed for guests and random junk. That's it. And yet the store handle is moving. Never happened again after that, but it hasn't left me. The number of dreams I've had that take place in a variation of that trailer are innumerable. I haven't lived there in over 20 years, and I can tell you exactly how that master bedroom is set up, and I can tell you exactly what that kitchen looked like, and all of this is only from those dreams. Coincidence? Probably, but that incident, random, startling, strange as it was, has not left my mind once. What was it? Wow, is that a good story? That's creepy, though. Wow. So that's just. Oof. If, if you I always enjoy a good scary story. Uh, I do. Always too. been one of my favorites for some reason. I can't watch horror movies without getting too scared. Oh, but yeah. but, but a good can... like real life scary story that someone tells me, man, I love that stuff, and that was creepy. That is actually crazy. Like you are like you cannot watch a scary. No, movie. I can't. Everyone, everyone who knows me well knows. Uh, I was pretty sheltered from those growing up, and I've never been good at watching actual scary movies. But the minute it comes to like real life scary, I'm it's all so about it. I'm all about yeah. it. Like I just love hearing about it. You know, I would rather not happen to me. Yeah, but I mean, I've yeah. had I've had some stuff there, and I've told these guys. But wow, good story. Thanks for sending that in. He said it was Jay. Jay, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sending that in. Yeah, thank you. Was fantastic. I, I mean, those personal stories, like they are so. I mean, they're legitimately like real. Yeah, like it makes you think. Like I loved how we described the entire scene. Like tremendous yes. like, storytelling yeah. work today. We, and we was talking about like dogs and how we think they see more. It's just oh, they definitely here another do. person also yeah, says the same thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. But yeah, if you guys have any stories, something like that, that you think is interesting, we can read it on the show if you guys are okay with that. And we, we love to hear from you guys. So mm-hmm. the more you guys can get involved because you guys are the reason that, well, one of the reasons that we do this, I mean, we do it for fun, but we also do it so that you guys can learn something along the way with us. So you guys are here for the ride as much as we are. But I think that's all for us for this episode. So we'll see you guys next week with another group episode. So until then, everyone take care. Take care of yourselves. We love you. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Really appreciate all of you. Yep. See you later.